T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. Danny Meringue. And then I went to this movie theater. This is it. I made a noise like this. Dusty Hera. Then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I'm beginning to like this kid much. <laughs> this is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080. The Fan. All right, start of hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you. Uh, we talked a lot of NFL and then wrapped it up with a little Jim Harbaugh, Michigan Spygate scandal. It's already, uh, can I already say that we are three days into this and I, I'm already done with it? Like, call me when they get the penalties mm. or something like really cool happens. Oh. You know, like he was sending, like he was FaceTiming with Harbaugh. Stealing the signals in live in real time, like if that's happening, I'm in. You know, the one thing you could get away with a college game is like vape signals. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. the Chrysler show, so much vaping, so much vaping, so much vaping. Yeah, take an edible like an adult. Yeah, I mean, we- I don't want to smell it. Well, are we talking vaping or was it actual like smoking of marijuana? No, no, in there? no. Vape- vaping, so it's like cotton candy scented. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> no, it's it smells it smells bad. Yeah, it's like, not a good. It, no, smell. it's it's just like, buddy, taking a take an edible like the rest okay. of us. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> we don't need to do this anymore. We're civilized. All right, uh, let's get to a little college foosball now. Mm. The Pac-12 man, this was a week mired by slow starts, and in the Pac-12, it was three games in particular that you looked at and you just went, "Wow, uh, ugly, ugly, ugly," and. When the beginning of the Oregon and Washington State game, it felt very clunky to start. Like, it, it lacked rhythm at the beginning of the game. Mm. And it really for both teams, but especially Oregon because of how well they have started this year. And, I mean, they've been averaging, what, 13 points per game? They're one of the, the best starting quarters. teams in the, co- in the country. In the first quarter, they are one of the leaders yes. nationally in scoring. And you had 
a field goal apiece heading into the second quarter of that game. And it just felt like it took a while, a lot longer for Oregon's offense to really start warming up and, and to get going and give Washington State a ton of credit um, to that because not a lot of teams have been able to to hold Oregon's offense back early in games. But once Oregon did kind of get up off the mat, the third quarter looked a heck of a lot different. Actually, the final two drives of the first half and then vaulting into that third quarter looked a lot different for the Ducks, and they end up winning by two scores, 38-24, but it felt lethargic coming out of the gate. And then you had the, in that game being at 12-30, I know that a lot of Duck fans were just kind of like, man, that was a, it didn't feel like the same kind of Oregon football team that we've seen. And then we got to see Utah and USC, and USC wasn't able to get up off the mat mm-hmm. during that game. And Utah took the fight to them. And it was back-to-back weeks where we've seen Caleb Williams have... Looked mortal. Yeah, it well, yeah, it did not to have subpar performances, but to his standard subpar performances. Oh, I mean, the Notre Dame was bad. Notre Dame game was bad. You, yep. can just, you can call that what it is. There's no doubt about it. But against Utah, there just there really wasn't much there, and yet... Lincoln Riley decided, even though they're averaging 10 yards a carry, to not run the ball, which was mind-blowing to me watching the game back. Uh, I was like, wow, they're running the ball really well. I wonder if they're going to keep doing this. And the answer was no. No, they're not. Um, He went into a whole another stratosphere postgame talking about where the program actually is and where they need to be and how they get there. Boy, that was very uh, very telling. That was one of the ones where when he said – that expectations may have gotten to them, mm-hmm. and the pressure of expectations have affected USC. Do you realize where you're coaching at? Mm-hmm. Because if that is an issue, then that is have far more alarming than you just losing back-to-back yes. games. Because expectations come with that program. That is a bluest of blue blood programs. And if you're not <clears throat> going to be able to manage those, either you've got to figure that out or you've got to fire your best friend. Well, they look soft. They do. On both on both sides yes. of, of the line of scrimmage, yeah. they look very soft. And that is one thing that no football team ever wants to hear. No. Um, and even when they get a guy like, you know, they go into the portal and they've got, they've plucked out, you know, some of the best offensive linemen. They've gotten some of the best defensive linemen. Bear Alexander, look, as good as he was in that game, he was detrimental to them. Yes. And, you know, getting ejected for a targeting. He had another personal foul earlier in the second half mm-hmm. where it was just like, okay, come on, man. Like, you got to play within yourself. He is a really good player, but... He lost control. He, on two two scoring drives for Utah. Yeah, kept kept them alive. That's the thing is every time it seemed like USC had a little something, they screwed themselves or they let a quarterback who can't throw complete a throw and then break it big. And then you had on the uh, on in the nightcap, you had Washington, which did <gasps> not score an offensive touchdown in the game. It was their first win without an offensive touchdown since 2000. In Arizona State should have won that game. Damn near won the football. They should have. Like but that- let's be honest, it was pass interference. Uh, I think we did figure out this morning that it was their first regular season win without an offensive touchdown. Because they, like did the, uh, they did the in the the bowl game. Uh, yeah. Or, yes. Uh, yeah. Gross. Yeah. Um, but they they should have Arizona State. That why you throw that flag and then pick, pick it, it up. up. It is beyond me. That was that was um, Saints Rams level of bad. Like, yeah, like there wasn't like it wasn't in the frame like hand fighting good stuff. 
you know, or you go, oh, that was good by the DB. He yeah. hit that really well. No, we saw the full yoink back. <laughs> and like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how it. you go under the hood. I, I, there, I do how you not. Don't uh, go under the hood. I mean, that's a slippery slope. I mean, on that, that's. Yeah. I don't know how. I'm just, what I'm saying is, I don't know how you pick that flag up. I don't know how it's. I don't know what world exists where you pick that flag up. I don't get it either. Uh, it's. It was egregious. I, it wasn't. This wasn't like a. It wasn't a borderline call. Mm-hmm. It was egregious, and it wasn't. Well, if you slow it down, you can see the finger grasp the face mask. <laughs> so it's the fifteen yard. It's like no, you saw the pads get exposed because his jersey got yanked so far back. Oh man! Also, both Scatabo's fun to watch. Scat, and he's got a cool name. Scatabo. He's got a very cool name. Um, it is fun to say, mm-hmm. and he is he is fun to watch. They are. Horrific uh, offensively, though. They just don't have a lot to work with. Talk about a bare cupboard. Mm -hmm. And I give Kenny Dillingham a ton of credit, man. I give that that young man, that young coach, a ton of credit. He's only 34 years old. Yeah, he's young, young. And he is getting those guys to play every single damn week. And they were up against it up in Washington last week. But. If you take those three games that we just talked about with teams that they were all favored and Oregon handled their business, they didn't cover, but they won by, they ended up winning by 14. You have Washington come out by the hair of their chinny chin chin, and USC takes a loss. Walked off. That kickers is something that if you extrapolate it and you go one step further and look at the Big 12 coming off of a, a rivalry game, both Texas and and Oklahoma. UCF, that onside kick, they just missed it. They were in tight games, and it is something that you we talked about last week, but it bears repeating, is that the emotion of a rivalry game, the magnitude of those games, what they mean to mm-hmm. you, and what when you have a close game. North Carolina off, game, the, off the Miami game. They, they it, fall to Virginia. It is something that it's draining. Mm-hmm. It's taxing. And you get that sigh of relief, and you're just like, Phew, okay, we we got through that. It's really hard to get back up the next week and carry it over. And I think that we saw that, especially with the three teams in the Pac-12, where USC off of the loss against Notre Dame, Notre Dame beat them twice. Make no mistake no, about it. There was a, it was a woodshed. I, I love what Bryson Barnes did. Uh, their their defense at Utah is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, they are incredible again. Uh, I, Kyle Whittingham, he just keeps on doing it, man. Those linebackers, twenty and twenty one. Uh, I think one of them is named Reed. Mm-hmm. In, amazing. Sione Vaki playing both sides of the ball at running Dude. back and safety because they're running backs. They're missing their sh- top three running backs. We didn't talk about like we talked about with Travis Hunter. I don't know how he's going to do it. That's at a far less demanding Taxing position, position. Uh, physically yes. than what Vaki is being asked to do. Because Cardio, he's asking, yes. He's but... asking to be a guy who plays in the box on defense mm-hmm. and be in run support, and then to bear the load of being a running back at Division One football. I don't know how he is doing no, it. He's a dude. I honestly do not know. And I don't know how long he can hold up because he is incredible at both, both sides of the ball. 
but it's, you it's paper clips and chewing gum are holding that team together right now with their injuries. But USC is more talented. Yes, USC is the more talented team. There's no doubt there. And they were at home, mm-hmm. and they let that one slip between their fingertips. And Utah oh. owns them between the ears. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Now that's three straight, three. three straight it's four, four in a row, straight, four but four three straight against yeah. uh, uh, Caleb Williams. Yeah, that's, and. Ugh. And this is where you look at it and and you say, Utah's not going anywhere, folks. No. Cam Rising, Brant Keithy, both done for the year. They're not going to be playing this year for Utah. Get ready, Big 12. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that game was a hangover from the rivalry game. Oregon's slow start and able to re- refocus and, and hone back in and win by two scores against Washington State. That was at the beginning. That was a hangover from the week before, mm-hmm. and I don't, you know, whether Coach Lanning and the team want to admit it or not. Like you looked at it, and you you could see it because we saw it with Washington for sixty full minutes. Man, it is something that is really hard to do is to get up the week following an emotional yeah. game that is physically taxing, and you saw three teams in the Pac twelve affected by it. Yeah, week after week, it's it's that's. That's football in a yeah. nutshell, and that's it, it's not unique to just the kids. We just saw it in the NFL where week after week after week after week, eventually sometimes you just get got. Yeah, You're banged up. Maybe you're not feeling great, just getting up for it. Maybe somebody's got a game plan for you. Maybe somebody's got a little extra chip on their shoulder. Maybe you, you just had a bad week, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I think any less of the Lions because they got mopped by the Ravens? No. No, shouldn't no, change I don't. your opinion of them. I just think the Ravens had a hell of a week, and Lamar Jackson was maybe the best player in football this weekend. Like, All right, that that kind of thing happens even in college football. Uh, got a couple pieces of audio from, left over from the Pac-12 weekend that uh, I would love to get to, including those comments that you said that uh, that Lincoln Riley had because uh, there's two coaches in college football that you may have to take a look at and say, "All right, how much has changed?" Next on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
Dusty on the fan. All right, uh, we have coming out of this weekend of college football, a couple of stats that are, are pretty impressive here or alarming. You have Brett McMurphy of the Action Network. He tweeted this out, and I thought this was pretty interesting. Through 67 games at Texas A&M, Kevin Sumlin was 45-22, and 22, while Jimbo Fisher, through 67 games, is 43-24. and 24. Hmm. <laughs> Pretty. Actually, he's worse than his predecessor was. Weird. And, and uh, also, some of them was liked a lot more. They're trying to get rid of uh, $75 million of dead weight. Good at luck. And then he follows that tweet up at the on the backside of it saying, through 22 games at USC, Clay Helton, 17-5. and five. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley, 17-5. and five. Mm-hmm. How about that? Uh, and now people are, are saying, well, is, is Lincoln Riley... Is is he the guy for USC? Yes. Because you mentioned what he said in the postgame, kind of going all over the place. He was talking with, in painting with a broad stroke when talking about his team. My job to get better just like everybody else. Um, I've had a okay track record calling plays, so confident really in good. my <laughs> ability and our ability to do that. Uh, but we got to all be better for each other. That's, that's called football. Like you're all in it together. I'll never sit up here and say I did it all right and guys made the mistakes. We're, we're all in it together, and our success is is, uh, is is tied together. Our failures are tied together, and so we got to all uh, come back to work tomorrow with our heads up, ready to get better and go attack this challenge, and I can promise you uh, this team and program will get that out of their head coach. Hmm. Can, I just, can I just say um, maybe they should just, I don't know, just give it a try. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Coach Riley. Fire your defensive coordinator. You think that'll be the Band-Aid? I don't think it'll be the Band-Aid. I think it would be a very big step in the right direction. Yeah. The inconsistencies on that side of the ball, there's there's no wiggle room. None. None. The one thing, though, is that these are the same issues that they had at Oklahoma. And, like, this is where you, you have a young head coach and you're working through a lot of things. I just wonder how much is tied to the defensive coordinator and how much is tied to the style of play top to bottom. Sure. I mean, you can say that about the, their time of possession and, and that the, they're asked to be on the field too much. And they're, they're not deep enough. That's fine. It, those can all be, they can all be true, but there are also other programs in this country that are running the same kind of styles and are mm-hmm. successful in it. Mm-hmm. And that shows you that it's not this thing. that's impossible to do. It's maybe harder yeah. to do, but it's not, you look at that the class that they brought in, the group of guys, the transfers they brought in, mm-hmm. everyone across the country, everyone across. There's nobody who's like, no, they didn't do enough on that side of the ball in the transfer portal. They went and got basically every damn good defensive player they could in the portal. Guys that made sense, bigger, stronger, faster, got more in the more junk in the trunk, so you're not getting bullied around because that defensive line last year was light. They 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 were 250 pound light across the board. They had nobody to anchor them anywhere. Yeah. So they were just getting mauled at the point of attack. They aren't getting mauled at the point of attack. They're 
They're blowing tackles in the backfield. They're undisciplined. Their their coverages aren't matching what they need to be doing against their opponents. I don't think that that is all. I don't think that's all coaching. I I, I honestly I don't. And Alex Grinch, he does not appear to be the answer there. No, but I also say think of it as maybe there's a disconnect with talent evaluation too, and fitting in fitting into the scheme because, like we can. USC had a a truly a bad year recruiting under Clay Hilton. Twenty twenty yes. was disastrous. They Which were one is, of the worst in the country. That's they, your, those are your seniors now. They were dead last. Well, yeah, no, I mean they're well. I COVID years, everybody. You're, there's guys yeah. from twenty eighteen that are still playing. True, but I mean guys that are still eligible to be playing mm-hmm. for this team in this roster. You're looking at they, Clay Hilton had the number four recruiting class in the country. Which, which was first in the Pac-12. And if you go back and look at that class, they it was not good. He had the number 19 recruiting class in the country, which mm-hmm. was third in the conference. He had then the 20, 2020 year, which was very bad, mm-hmm. which they finished dead last in the Pac-12 in recruiting, yep. where they only had 12 spots, roster spots available. Because that was the last year of the um, sanctions. And then they finished second in the Pac-12, seventh nationally in mm-hmm. 2021, Clay Hilton's final recruiting yep. class. So in all of this, in three of the four years prior to Lincoln Riley, the worst that they finished was 12th. But in three of the four years, you were third in the conference is the worst that you finished. Mm -hmm. And so with that, it's not like it was a bare cupboard. And then what they went and did in the portal was they cleaned house and they brought in all of their guys. And they had the luxury of doing that, too. And that's why I say, you know, it it, it might be one part Alex Grinch. Mm -hmm. But one part talent evaluator too, because if you looked at what Brent Venables had to do last year, he went four and eight because well, I don't know the three best players on the team left with Lincoln Riley, okay. But then also it was a complete restructure of the defensive talent on that team, and they had to go and they had to change everything. And what happened now is we're looking at year two of Brent Venables, Oklahoma, with all new talent on the defensive side of the ball. And that there's where I sit there and I go, well, it may be a disconnect in the evaluation of talent then mm-hmm. that that is also affecting USC because Oklahoma revamped things and they went to the portal and they went to d- development and it looks completely different this year. Yeah, they've been, USC has not had a problem identifying off- offensive talent. No way, shape, matter, form. But you go back and look at those Clay Hilton recruiting classes. That's where I start not believing in the recruiting rankings because if you look at those groups, those classes, those guys that those those top recruits they had in, none of them panned out. <clears throat> you go through like the top three, top four in those classes mm-hmm. for that four happens. years in a row. And that's what I'm saying. For those four years in a row, you're going. That wasn't a dude. That wasn't a dude. That wasn't a dude. And you just you start looking at the, their five stars that they or mm-hmm. the high fours that they landed. Almost none of them panned out. Yeah, and you just go, Shh, which is where you talk about the depth issues with the USC because they brought in all those transfers because Lincoln Riley said it. I mean, yeah. he he said last year he said the nicer version of Dion's. I brought Louis. We just didn't have enough here. We didn't have enough high-end yeah. guys here. And then he, this year, they came out and said, you know, our defense is lacking. 
So we went out and we got a little bit bigger. We got a little bit longer. We got a little bit stronger in the trenches. I have an idea. Mm. We got a Heisman Trophy winner quarterback, and so they're going to make some things, and and that's just the way it is. But we got a we got ourselves a pig farmer at quarterback. So so uh, we're, we're proud of that guy too. I love him. Kyle Whittingham, maybe they should yeah. get a pig farmer or two. I, look, I'll give me some pig farmer they offensive some, linemen. They need some pig farmers. Well, you, they had a quarterback, and yeah. that, that's what won. And Bryson Barnes like yeah. that, I, I still can't believe he threw for that many yards. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. look, Sione Vaki, uh out of the backfield, He was, he, I think he was our leading receiver. I think he went over 100 um, out of the backfield. Yes, but because he had the two big plays. <laughs> and that goes a long way to is what two fifty three that that uh, Bryson Barnes threw for. Yeah, he had one hundred and fifty of it with he had he had a fifty three yarder and I think he had a forty yeah. yarder. That is uh, like that young man running behind his pads though. Bryson Barnes was a dude. Like Bryson Barnes just said, "Hop on, I'm going to carry you today." Oh, he broke their back so many different different times on on second longs, third and shorts. Were just like, you got to be kidding me. He was like this Utah team had built in Kyle Whittingham's, you know, shadow is all about what is great from college football. You have guys that are pig farmers from Milford, Utah, mm-hmm. who is a walk on working at Lowe's, you know, in the off season, and now just now became a scholarship guy. You're on your third and fourth string quarterback, and you go into the mighty Coliseum and you knock off USC. That is again. That is incredible. And their development of talent is second to none yeah. in college football. Second it, to none. It's not like this football. isn't a one off. They do this every year. Every dang year. Every dang year. Unbelievable. Well, what is believable? Um, go find an NFL veteran who's been on a very bad team for a number of years and then go put a microphone in his face after a very bad game. But first, here's a Sports <laughs> Center update with the big kahuna. Hamburgers. Cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. It's time for today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Oh, really? <sighs> that sucks. You know what else sucks? Washington Commanders. Yeah, buddy. Well, hey. well, sometimes. Most of, most of the time? Are they the most confusing team in the NFL this year? They are currently 3-4. and four. Yeah, okay. Um, they have a 3-point loss at the hands of the Eagles. They have a 20-point loss at the hands of the Bears. They have handed Desmond Ritter his first home loss since he was in high school. Actually, a junior in high school. Yes. And they have a good coach. They have a good head coach in Ron Rivera. Not a great. He's good. a good head coach. And yet they just are one of the best worst teams they ever. They have just enough talent. Yeah. Like Sam Howell's like a replacement level quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like if you yeah. put him on most teams, he's going to be okay. He's going to be all right. He's like you're not worried about him. Like he's a step. I, I, I think he's a step above backup. I think he's a starting caliber quarterback, like right on the edge. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes he looks like he is a legitimate starter, and other times he looks like he should be working at lows, like Bryson Barnes. Fair. 
And I think that kind of sums up who they are. They have Terry McLaurin, who's a fantastic wide receiver. And sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> and they have Jonathan Allen, who's a fantastic pass rusher. Sometimes. And, well, um, the Commanders lost 14-7 to to the woeful New York Giants. Mm. Shout out Tyrod Taylor, better than Daniel Jones. Um, and, well, they, uh, they, they got what they asked for, and they got Jonathan Taylor in the postgame. What's the evaluation like after a loss like that? They whooped our ass. Plain and simple. Got to be better. Anything they did that surprised you guys early on? No, I want to say so. I think it's just a lack of focus on our part, a lack of attention to detail, not starting fast, and creating holes that are too big for us to overcome in the second half. Does it get frustrating when that team... Yes, it does. I'm fucking tired of this fucking tired of this bull It's been seven fucking years of the same Tired of this What can you do now going forward to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play fucking Philadelphia. That is a man that has been holding it in. <laughs> Think about that. He's been there for seven years. Oh, which man. seven years with one team in the NFL is an eternity. Wow. I like that guy is done. Imagine what Joe Thomas must have been feeling with the Browns. Right. But Joe Thomas was like somehow happy. And somehow he came out of it on the other side feeling all right. Jonathan Allen, though, just think of this. He is this mad. In the first six years, it was with Dan Snyder yeah. as the owner. Like, it was exponentially worse. Well, I bet you, well, I bet you what it is, is that they, they went full, um, oh, God, what's the movie? Uh, I have no idea. Crawling through a mile of crap. Uh, Shawshank. Shawshank. Yeah. You went, went full Andy Dufresne. Yeah. Shawshank. Got rid of Dan Snyder. Mm-hmm. Love and life. Yeah, now you got to get to Mexico. Yeah, but the problem is you're hitchhiking. Yeah, nobody, like, that's what we never got to is how they got to Mexico. Yeah. We know they got there, mm-hmm. but that's a long journey to get to Mexico. It is. Shawshank to Mexico, not a hop, skip, and a jump. No, no, but you did get out of the turd pipe. Yeah. And now you just got to find your way. And I think that that is what he's going through right now. And mm-hmm. I think that's what. All of the Washington commanders are going through right now is how you find a way back to relevancy and back to just consistency. And that's a really hard thing to to find. And look, Dan Snyder was a terrible owner and not a great dude. But when you have a common thing to rally around, it makes it a lot easier. You have it like there is a little bit of like the major league of we're going to rally around this owner who doesn't believe in us, doesn't really care about us, kind of wants us to lose and just collect a check. And then you're just like, you know what? Hey, all we can control is what we can control. And that's us. Now you think you get out of that and you exhale a little bit. It's kind of like we were just talking about with the rivalry games in college football, how those hangovers in that emotional kind of roller coaster you go on and how draining that is for the following week they're coming out of the other side of like 20 plus years of that with the commanders. And maybe this year's their big exhale season where they're like, wait, we thought that this was over and no, we still have to go through everything that comes along with, uh, the long slog of an NFL season and actually winning football games. Yeah. That figuring that next part out is the, the honestly, it's the more difficult part, <laughs> I bet. but you can hear from, um, Jonathan Allen. The, the, the thing about this, have you seen the video? So yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chest out, yeah. just he's he, you can. That's a man who's going through things. Yeah, he's got his. He's got a, a couple buttons unbuttoned. He's got the sunglasses on inside. He's got his um, AirPods in. 
he's just staring holes through anybody who wants to come and talk to him. And I think those reporters for NBC4 in uh, in D.C., I think they knew that they were going to be getting an, a fired-up version of Jonathan Allen. He was a walking, talking Black Air Force One. I just hope that that was live. And there was just some poor producer pulling a Jeff Rustin there, just beep, panicking, beep, just like, beep, beep, ah! just hitting the, just I endlessly no dumping. What to do, and then you just give up, and you're like, yeah, whatever. What is whatever he's gonna say, he's gonna say. Time to brush up that resume. Yep, <laughs> that's not your fault. That's, that's not why your fault, you don't brother. go live from the locker room. That's right. <laughs> For various reasons, at least not without a wicked delay. And those uh, the swear words are only part of the reason. Yeah, right? no, that towel drop, and uh, you know, yeah, real quick. Whoa. Then, then you're you're definitely in for the long and the short of it. Yes, you are. There we go. I broke rust. Perfect. All right, coming up next, it's that time of the week. Monday, it's time for our Pac-12 quarterback rankings coming out of a funky, smelly, ugly weekend in the Pac-12. And yet, still better than what we saw from the Big Ten quarterbacks. Woo-hoo. Danny and Dusty, Danny the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. It was a stinky week for quarterback play. Not in just the Pac-12, but across the country. Nobody was really shining where you're like, that guy put on a performance. But we're going to still do our weekly Pac-12 quarterback rankings because that's what we do here on Monday Monday afternoon. We have movement. We have movement. Move- every every spot moved except for one. Oh, really? Yeah. What spot is the one that didn't move? DJ. At number, number five. five. Yeah, DJ Uyunglele. We have him at number five. And look, uh, Beavs were on a bye this week. Remember, these are power rankings. And power rankings mean that they change from week to week. This is not who I believe is the best quarterback in the Pac-12 over the uh, course of a season. This is the power rankings of this past week in in the kind of the couple of weeks leading up to it. It's uh, it's there's there's a lot of movement that can happen in this because uh, DJ is at number five. The Beavs had a buy this past week, and another guy who would be vying for that uh, fourth fifth spot is uh, Shador Sanders. He didn't play this weekend either. So I have DJ in at number five. He is, the last couple of weeks, has been very consistent um, for Oregon State. And when you take care of the football better, uh, guess what? You start moving on up. And that uh, 266 yards and a couple of tutties against UCLA, they're still holding on for, for DJ at number five. Number four, I got Cameron Ward. Look, the Cougs may have lost, but it wasn't because of Cam Ward. That guy did it with his arms. He did it with his legs. He went 34-48, 438 yards in a tutty, and had 11 carries for 30 yards uh, to boot. He kept them in the game, man. And, look, if you take sack yards out of it, I think he was over 50 yards rushing uh, for the Cougs. I got I was so impressed with Cameron Ward and his ability to create and continue to be that dude uh, for Washington State. Number three, buddy, Caleb Williams. Mm. Caleb Williams, this isn't an indicator on what I think of Caleb Williams overall, but um, he has had two games back-to-back that are not to the Caleb Williams standard. The first one was a three-interception performance. This one was a 24-34 game, 256 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. It was very meh 
Utah was fantastic. They were. Open field tackling and kept everything underneath. He did have 27 yards and a touchdown. That quarterback draw uh, beautifully executed by him uh, to give the go-ahead touchdown. Thought it would have been an eventual game winner. It was not because the defense can't stop anybody. But Caleb Williams I have at number three. Number two, I'm moving Bo Nix on up because it was uh, 18 of 25, another game where he was Absolutely fantastic, efficient, 293 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and uh, added a a couple rushes for a couple of yards uh, to go along with it, and a touchdown rush. When you look at what Bo Nix has done, he has been the model of consistency, even in the loss against Washington, right? 33 of 44. 337 yards in two touchdowns, no interceptions. He takes such great care of the ball. Um, We're now three weeks in a row without turning the ball over. Uh, He didn't take a sack this week. He's only got sacked three times in the last five games. He has been outstanding for the Oregon Ducks. I have him at number two. And number one, uh, although this team did not score an offensive touchdown, I've just been so impressed all season long with uh, Michael Penix Jr. He had two interceptions, but 275 yards uh, passing, and they got the win. When he when his team needs him, Michael Penix Jr. is going to be there for him. And although these are power rankings, he could slide down if he has another uh, performance like this. And Bo Nix has, has another efficient one, especially on the road at Utah. Um, but Right now, Penix is is the class of the conference at the quarterback position, and uh, they found a way to win. They're seven and zero on the year, and fifteen seven win. It doesn't have to be pretty. All it has to be is a win. Michael Penix Jr. is so damn fun to watch. I, look, all five of these quarterbacks on this list are fun to watch. Absolutely, s- sixth and seventh on this list would be Shadur Sanders and Bryson Barnes mm-hmm. too, with the way that Barnes has been playing for um, for Utah because. You just have to survive, right? Like we we get so caught up in it being sexy, but survival because it's, it's sexy every week in this conference when you have a high level of play. Like being sexy for in the Pac-12 last year, that's what it was because mm-hmm. the conference wasn't very good. No, the Pac-12 is legitimately good. There mm-hmm. are seven decent teams in the conference yes. this year. Colorado isn't one of them. Shador <laughs> Sanders is good. Yes. Colorado isn't one of them. Arizona is. Yes, Arizona is one of those teams. UCLA is one property, of those teams. They should be probably one of the best teams in the conference. UC- Arizona is – Beavs got them. I know why Oregon State fan is, is concerned about that game. Yeah, they you should, should be. They should be concerned yeah, about that game. The team that should have beaten USC and took Washington to the limit, yeah. It, it It's more than that, though. I mean, Arizona has had three consecutive weeks where – They've only got one win to show for it, and mm-hmm. it's against Washington State. But what they've been able to do with the three most potent offensive attacks or three of the most potent offensive attacks in the conference, especially through the air, mm-hmm. Washington, they lose 31-24. Yep. USC, they lose on the road 43-41. In double OT. At, at Washington State, they win 44-6. to Drubbing. Six points. Think of what Cameron Ward is and what he's been able to do. Mm-hmm. Think of like they got into it. They've they've done it in different ways too. That, that shootout that they got into with USC. Kim Ward just threw for four thirty eight against Oregon. What they are able to do is it's pretty impressive because mm-hmm. talent wise they are nowhere close no. to the three teams that they have gone toe to toe with, and one that they just absolutely took to the woodshed in Washington State. They are not as good from a talent standpoint, but. They're finding a way to be on the field. Jed Fish, 
He's one hell of a coach. Mm-hmm. And they're they're buying what he's selling down there in Tucson. That's a scary one for the Oregon State Beavers because everybody knows this. USC knows this. Oregon knows this. Washington knows this. Tucson, Arizona can be a house of horrors. <laughs> and this is going to be 7.30 kick yep. in Tucson. It's the last place you want to play a night game. It's going to get weird. 100%. In the desert. Can I just say totally unrelated? Yeah. Those Washington helmets this weekend with the gold W, yeah. loved them. You like them. Love them. I, I, yeah. it's, it's, they're, they're so used to being the flat matte yeah. team. Yeah. That... That that gloss the and chrome the, gold, the, the chrome or gold, chrome uh, chrome purple and gold, yeah. yeah. And with the gold numbers that were were also kind of chromed out on the on the jerseys, yeah. They don't usually do that, and I thought it was a nice nice little nice little change up. I like the helmets. I'd like to see them on road uniforms though, because here's my Ooh. pet peeve: is when like I didn't like it when Oregon State the orange on the helmet didn't even come the, close the to the orange on the, yeah. on the jersey. That, that got me with with UW. I like the helmet a lot. I think it's an awesome look. I wonder if they and I like the, the I like the uniforms a lot too, mm-hmm. but it's a di- it's a totally different color of purple. Yeah, just like the beeves, it was a totally different color of uh, orange. I don't like it when it doesn't match. The one uniform that used to bother me the most was Wisconsin. Under Armour fixed it. Oh. Wisconsin used to have like a W on their helmet that was like four shades darker than yes. their jerseys, and it always would piss me like off. One was like looked- blood red, and the other one was like any of the fan red. Yeah, honestly, if you're watching on YouTube, yeah. it's like the difference from the very top of the to red the on the, on, to the bottom. That was yeah. that was about the difference. I uh, that always bugged me. Under Armour took over as their uniform uh, manufacturer, and so they fixed it. Fix that. They remedied it. Yeah. It looks fantastic yeah, now. Take a paint. Take a paint swatch. Yeah, come on. Yes, right? like you can go to I don't know uh, Mahomes Depot or Lowe's or whatever it is. Did you Probably just go both of them. Mahomes Depot? Mahomes Depot. You can do whatever. I don't know which one it is, whether it's Lowe's or Depot or Home Depot. You can uh, just take it and they have swatches for all the NFL teams. Yeah, that's that's Major that's, League that's Baseball that's all, and NBA. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be like, I'm making my man cave. I wanted to match exactly this, and you can actually pull the number. Yeah, yeah. the Pantones or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Just make it look. Make it look the same. I like it. I like where you're at. It's not that hard. <sighs> well, it's about that time. It's it's become a uh, it's a bit of a reckoning here for Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Maybe more for Justin Herbert. Coming up next here on Danny and Dusty, Tenny the Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.